Thanks for listening to our sermons from Southbridge Fellowship. For additional resources or service information, visit us online at sfchurch.com. Hey, good morning, and we are so thankful that you are tuning in, that you're worshiping with us, you are gathering with us uh, this morning. And uh, thanks for being here. What a great time of worship. Thanks to Justin and Nikki just for leading us this morning. And um, as we go to the Word of God this morning, uh, I just want to set the table a little bit for us. Uh, It is a crazy time, Uh, not just in in our city, but wherever you're tuning in. We've had people tuning in from all over, and thank you for just jumping in with us. But uh, no matter where you are, it just seems like it's such a strange time in our world. Uh, We're learning some new words. We're learning about social distancing and shelter at home and stay at home. And and we're talking a lot about quarantine. Um, Things seem a little unnatural for us uh, in our our lives because we are wired for relationships. And we're going to talk about some of that this morning as we continue our divine invitation series that God invites us to intimacy with him. And he invites us to intimacy and fellowship with others. And so as we step through this time, it's been kind of interesting because we talk about social distancing, but for me, I really think of it more as physical distancing while still socially connecting. And we're doing that through some new means and some new mechanisms. We're not on a church campus. We're worshiping together through media. Uh, we're meeting in small groups and having family gatherings and game times through the what you know WhatsApp and through Zoom and through all kinds of different mechanisms and FaceTime. And, and, but we're still staying connected, but we're physically distanced. And, and there's still an unnaturalness to that or a, uh, a longing for us to, to be together physically. I see it here, even as I step in this morning and, and just open the Word of God with you, it's interesting to walk through the doors and not see the people uh, that I'm used to seeing out at the first-time visitor's tent to see the dairies or to see uh, Kim or to see the Rosses at the door or John McDonald and, and, uh, or to step through the doors and not see Debbie or Dale or Gary walking around with, with something that he's fixing or repairing or to see our safety team members. Uh, or to see Bill and Joy or the Deary's or others as they're uh, kind of hosting our hospitality area. Uh, I'm not seeing Mike and Mary holding the doors and greeting us, or Rose or Paul and so many others that, that just sort of welcome and, and welcome us into our worship space. Uh, even as I sit here in worship, um, not to see people that I'm used to seeing, uh, right down in the front row to, to see and hear Chris uh, as he's just worshiping the Lord, or to see Jim and Teresa Hardigan who are right in front, or Michelle who's always right in the front right there, or um, to, to hear from the back of the room, amen, as I hear Steve back there, and we all enjoy that. And, and Steve, I have you right now in the front row. Uh, so I have moved you down front. I've moved you from the back of the room to the front of the room. Um, I, I can just look around this, this empty room and just see you, so many of you, uh, in different places, Stephen Graham, who will be back at the bistro table right there. Um, and it's just, man, it's just great to, to know that we're worshiping together. And so even right now as we get rolling, I want to encourage you to do something. Just grab your phone. And would you just text somebody right now that, that you're missing being on a campus? Uh, people that you may normally see, would you just encourage them with the, with the love and grace of Jesus this morning? And just let them know that you're worshiping together with them. But I want to encourage us this morning as we get rolling because the church is still the church. 
the church is still meeting, the church is still gathering, the church is continuing to fulfill the mission to which God has called us. Uh, we may not be in a building, but, uh, but I want to remind you that uh, Acts 2, the church started in homes. And, and there's a good chance that we may be meeting and gathering in small groups and homes even before we're back on a campus together with hundreds at a time. That's okay. Uh, the church is still the church. We are still alive. We're still active. We are still fulfilling the mission to which God has called us. And I want you to know that in this series of divine invitation, that God's divine invitation is to Him. As we've looked at the last three weeks in Psalm 23, our invitation is to come to Him, to know Him intimately, to walk in fellowship with Him as our shepherd, to know His love, to know His care. But He also invites us to His mission. That's part of His invitation. Come and and follow me. Be involved in the mission. But this morning we want to look at the fact that that God also calls us to a people. He he calls us to be part of the family, to to build together. Not a building, but to build the body of Christ together. And and we do that in a small group setting. Matter of fact, during this this time of social distancing and time that we've been off campus, we've had a number of our groups that have grown as they've connected people through their virtual small groups. We've had more people connect online online. And, and we want to invite you to do that. If you are not connected, I really trust and pray this morning as we look at God's word that you'll be drawn to deeper intimacy with God and with his family. Because that's the invitation this morning is to the family of God. It's the way God made us for human relationship. Matter of fact, we can go back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, uh, all of creation As God is creating the heavens and the earth and and the dirt and the trees, in verse 27, we see that he creates man and woman. And and all through his creation, he's saying it was good, it was good, it was good. And it finishes in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31 by saying, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. But Genesis chapter 2 is is a little bit deeper look back at what took place in chapter 1, specifically in verse 27 with the creation of man. And it's interesting because even before Adam had sinned, God looked at his creation. He looked at man. And Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 gives us a little bit of a glimpse into the heart of God for human relationships. And it says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Adam hadn't sinned. He had a perfect relationship with God. And yet he saw his human aloneness and said, it's not good. And that gives us just a a small glimpse. We could unpack that, but that just gives us a glimpse of what what God's heart is. That even in a state of fellowship with God, Adam was alone. He hadn't sinned. There was no sin or fallenness that we see in Genesis chapter 3. And so in my walk and relationship with God and others, what I've discovered is that I can't fix fallenness or sin, but that God created me to help fix aloneness that he's called me into relationship and fellowship with other people in the body of Christ. This, then, is the longing that God has placed in each of us, a longing to know him in deeper intimacy. God knew that we would be better together, and we know that we are better together. This time in our culture is kind of like a roller coaster. Uh, I love roller coasters still to this day. Probably 30, 40 years ago, I may have loved them even more, uh, but I still enjoy a good roller coaster ride. Uh, But here's the amazing thing about a roller coaster. When you get on the ride, 
you take off. You wait for two hours and, and you finally get this ride and it lasts maybe 60 seconds. And it's, it's crazy, it's adventurous. Your head is spinning, your stomach is turning. And as you go through this wild ride, you come to a stopping point and it's time to get off the ride. And you look and you go, this is the exact same place that I started. Now, I don't know about you, but we're sort of on a roller coaster in our culture right now. And I don't know where you started this journey, but I want to challenge you this morning. Where are you going to get off the ride? Because you have a choice in your life to, to get off when, when everything is, when this whole pandemic is behind us. You can choose to get off at the same place that you were before, or you can stop and evaluate your life and say, you know what, God has a better plan for me. And I want to experience that plan. And I don't want to go back to the same place that I was. I want to be at a different place. And I want you to know this is his divine invitation to you. He says, come to me. He's inviting you to know him personally. He loves you. He is pursuing you. He wants you to grow in intimacy with him. But he also wants you to do that with others in biblical community. See, relationships are what God uses to communicate his truth. And, and, and to help us as people grow to know him better. Without relationships, the journey of discipleship, walking with Jesus, can, can often seem a little bit boring or, or even ineffective because we're just sort of wrangling on our own. But motivation can oftentimes die. There's no one there to celebrate our victories, our wins, our breakthroughs. There's no one there to support us as we struggle because relationships create the environment where discipleship happens best. This is God's invitation, and we're going to dive into it. I want you to know I'm closer. I don't know about you, but I am closer to God because of relationships that I have in my life. Some I can think back 40 years uh, with guys like Jim and Kevin, dear friends of mine like Brian that I've known for years, and Kenny, even though we don't live in the same state, uh, they, they are constantly challenging me and encouraging me. They challenge me to be better man, uh, to be a better follower of Jesus. Guys like Aaron that I've known since high school and, and others like in my small group and in my church even now, right, that, that invest in me and encourage me and are challenging me. So even through the pandemic and periods of isolation, I know that I can be better because people are challenging me and encouraging me. I believe that what Jesus modeled for us, he meant for us. And what did Jesus model? Well, I believe that Jesus was in a small group. And matter of fact, Jesus was a small group leader because he invited 12 men to go on a journey with him. And we get a glimpse into this in Mark chapter 3. You'll see it on the screen. You can follow with me. In Mark chapter 3, it says, And he, that's speaking of Jesus, went up on the mountain, and he called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, now get this, so that they might be with him if you have your Bible, circle that word with, so that they might be with him and that he might send them, circle the word send, out to preach. See, Jesus called these men to be with him, and, and there's so much that we could unpack. When, when you think about going with somebody, if I were to say, if I were to call you up on the phone right now and say, hey, I want you to go with me, I'm on a road trip 3,000 miles across the country, and I'm going to go see my son in California, and I want you to come with me. Well, what does that mean? It means that we're, we're going to, man, we're going on an adventure. Uh, we're going we're gonna to road trip. We're going to look at great places. We're going to eyeball places that we want to stop and eat. We're going to have adventures. The car may break down. We may have tire problems. We may encounter people along the way. 
We're going to have decisions to make. We're going to have to do things together. That's the process of being with. And, and so there was this idea that Jesus was saying, I want you to come go with me. And in the process of going with me, you're going to learn. I'm going to teach you, but you're also going to apply the things that you're learning almost like show and tell. I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you, uh, sort of an on-the-job training, if you would. So, so what does that look like then when we try to live our relationship with God and with others? How do we grow as we journey with Christ? How do we grow in our relationship with others? And how do others help us in that process? If you have a Bible, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to give you three quick points to just sort of drill this down a little bit. And I want to encourage you to make some decisions for yourself to apply this. 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 6, Paul had been invited on the journey with Jesus when he gave his life to Christ. And then Paul reached out to young Timothy and he said, Timothy, I want you to go with me. See, he was modeling what Jesus modeled. And so he took young Timothy, and so now he's writing this letter to Timothy as Timothy is investing in others because Timothy has grown and been sent, and now he's inviting others into that journey. And so here's what he says, 1 Timothy 4, beginning in verse 6. If you, Timothy, put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. He says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly Um, doctrine or myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, for to this end we toil and we strive because um, we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people. You see, if we're going to receive God's invitation to know Him and to grow in Christ with others, three quick things I want you to see that we must have. We must have trust in relationship. We must have trust in relationship. Look at verse 6. Paul is telling Timothy, he says, If you put these things before the brothers... What things? What, what things is he speaking of? Well, he had just written to him about people who've abandoned the faith and, and deceiving spirits and hypocrites and legalism. It's hard things. And so there's an implied relationship here. The, the word brothers is, is not just men. It's men and women. It's followers of Jesus, other followers of Christ. If you have depth of relationship where you can speak into one another's lives these hard things and speak truthfully and honestly to push one another to be more like Jesus, you have to have that trust in relationship. Listen, trust is hard. Trust does not come easy. Uh, probably every one of us at some point in our life have been burned through difficulty in relationships. People that we've, we've trusted who've uh, sort of let us down. Uh, that's, that's very real. Matter of fact, in, in small group life around here, one of the things that we talk about quite often is that the, the big question to really begin to grow spiritually uh, in a small group setting, you have to be able to answer this question, and that is this, can I trust me with you? Can I trust me with you? All the stuff of my life, uh, can I be honest enough and transparent enough and vulnerable enough to open myself up to you? And can I trust you? See, when we get to that place of depth of relationship, 
to really say, hey, we're with one another in relationship to make each other more like Jesus Christ. Those are the difficulties of moving to that place of depth and trust. And so we have to have trust in relationships. But, but another thing that Paul points out to Timothy is this. You have to have a target in mind. There's a target in mind, and the target is not relationship. Look at verse 7, the end of verse 7. He says, rather train yourself for godliness. See, there's a purpose for your training, for godliness. Verse 8, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life. And again, here's future target for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, right, there's a target, there's a progression in my life as I'm growing in relationship, I'm moving toward a target. What is the target? The target is not the relationship. The target is godliness. Maturity in Christ, the discipleship process, replication in Christ. Remember what Jesus said, come with me and I'm going to send you. You come with me. I'm going to train. I'm going to teach. I'm going to coach. It's going to be on the job training. You're going to be ready to go. And then I'm going to release you to go and do the same thing that I've done with you in the lives of other people. So the target is completion in Christ. It's discipleship. Relationship is the vehicle that we travel in to get there. But the destination is discipleship. I heard a guy define discipleship one time this way. He said, Discipleship is one person helping others become lifelong, obedient followers of Jesus who in turn help others do the same. You see, you can be a follower of Jesus without being a true disciple of Jesus. There were a lot of people hanging around with Jesus. Matter of fact, we saw it in Mark 3. There were lots of people hanging around Jesus, but he chose out of all those people who were hanging around, 12 people who made the commitment to truly be a disciple. And in the process, they became a disciple-making disciple. So the target is not simply a relational environment. We don't have small groups simply for the purpose of, of having, hey, we have people that we can hang out with and do life with and give gifts to and wish happy birthday to. No, the, the purpose of the relationship is maturity in Christ, replication, discipleship. Maturing into disciples who can then reproduce other disciples. The purpose of the church has been and always should be to make disciples of Jesus. And that's why we miss being together, because we realize we are better together than we are apart. Now, I, I got to be honest and transparent for a moment, because the idea of being better together is like a puzzle. And when all the stay-at-home order stuff started kicking in, I, I hit the store and I bought some puzzles. I thought, hey, if we're going to be home, Leslie and I are going to share some time at the table. We're going to work on puzzles. And man, the first one, we knocked it out. I think it had 12 pieces. It was awesome. And, you know, we, we got that together pretty quick. And then we went to another one. It was a little bit bigger, you know, and it took a little while, but we got that one together. And it was awesome as you just see the components of the puzzle coming together. And then we got that one finished. And, and then we unboxed the 1500 piece puzzle. And, you know, as always, you start with the frame, the nice squared edges, because you kind of know where those go. And we got that together. And uh, then it just started to kind of wear on me, at least. And uh, 
Leslie was like, you know, she, she did the first two really more by herself. And so this was kind of me. And I thought, man, I'm on a mission. I'm going to do this. And as I looked at every little piece, it was like, man, this piece is beautiful. It's such great color and it's a beautiful scenery. And I was looking forward to seeing the puzzle together. And I'm looking at each piece and it's like, it has such great color. And yet I'm looking at the box and I'm looking at the piece and I'm going, I'm not really sure where that fits. And, and, but it was so neat to begin, begin to see those things come together. But now here's the honest part, right? I sent a picture of that to my son uh, who lives in Utah. And because uh, he's like, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? I said, I'm working on this puzzle. And I sent him a picture. And, and I think we have a picture. You can see it well, with the frame and everything else. And it was kind of pieced together. Well, that was the end of March. And I have to be honest, last weekend, that puzzle looked exactly the same way when we broke it apart and stuck it in the box. It was like, okay, this puzzle's been sitting on the table all this time, and the pieces are all scattered around, and you know what, it's time for it to just go away. And so we, we put it away. It was like, okay, bye, puzzle. And I never had the joy of completing that. And, and as bad as that sounds, I was messaging some guys in, in our small group, and, and I got a I got to tell you a story because one of the guys in my small group messaged me back and he said, hey, look, to be totally honest, we've had this puzzle on our table for the last year and a half and it's not complete. Uh, matter of fact, in that year and a half, they moved homes and they put it on the pad and they rolled it up and they moved it and unrolled it at their new home. So I didn't feel bad that it was about five weeks that this puzzle was laid out on the table uh, to know that my friend Alan had his on the table for a year and a half. So um, Alan, as soon as we can, we're gonna get together at your house and eat tacos and we're gonna finish that puzzle together. But what you realize is that a puzzle is better when, it's, when the pieces begin to, to come together. You can look at your life and go, yeah, my life is good and I'm okay with Jesus. But listen, when you begin to, to connect with other people in the body of Christ, you realize that we are better together. That's the way God created us for that kind of fellowship and that kind of intimacy. That's what Jesus did. He said, come with me. I'm going to train you, equip you, and then I'm going to send you so that you can do this with others. And what are we doing? We're going out and we're pulling other pieces of the puzzle in the body of Christ together so that we can be better together. That's God's divine invitation. Come, be a part of the process, be a part of the mission with us. So there's a trust. There has to be a trust in relationship. There has to be a target in mind. But third, there has to be a training in relational community. That's what Jesus invited these guys to. Come with me. Just come and be with me. And in the process of being with me, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to train you. We tend to fall back just on the idea that, that discipleship is about being a learner. And, and we just go, oh, it's all about information and gaining information. But we miss the part that Jesus said, look, it's not just about information. It's about transformation. And, and I experience transformation when I take God's truth in the context of relationship. I see it lived out in someone else. I'm challenged and encouraged to do the same, to model what I'm seeing, to grow in my faith, to be bold in my faith, uh, to step out and encourage in the power of the Holy Spirit and live the things that I'm learning. There's got to be a training in relational community. Verse 7, again, Paul says, rather train yourself for godliness. The word train is, is really kind of an, uh, 
an athletic term of, of exercise, right? You're growing, you're, you're stretching yourself, you're, you're doing the hard things that are necessary to grow in strength. Verse 8, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is a value in every way. Every way of our life, we're growing in relationship with others as we grow in our relationship with the Lord. And so here, Paul ties in training with godliness. He doesn't say it's going to be easy. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some training. But here's what I want you to to, to understand. It's not about trying harder. It's about training harder. Getting into a, a small group committing to relationship with other people, giving them the the vulnerability to to speak God's truth into your life. Here's what I've discovered in my life, right? My sin nature is still there. I love Jesus, and and I try daily to walk in deep fellowship with Jesus in his body, but my sin nature always wants me to drift. And unless I'm connected with other people in relationship, that drift factor is strong. Uh, because I will drift in sin, and I, I will drift away from God, and I will drift away from the body of Christ. That's why we need accountability. That's why we need other people to, to be checking on us. Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily so that none of you be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It's great to be encouraged today, but what about tomorrow? What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? What about Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Who's speaking God's truth into your life and keeping you from drifting? That's what accountability is. That's what training does. Anybody who trains, goes to the gym, or runs knows that it's always better to have an accountability partner. People that are going to push you and challenge you. Someone defined accountability as giving someone the permission to question, to challenge, and to ignite you in your love for Jesus and your obedience to his word. Do you have people in your life that you have said, I want you to hold me accountable, to challenge me, to question decisions in my life, to ignite me in my faith, to ignite me in my love for Jesus, to ignite me in my obedience to God's word? Guys, that's when we know we're growing better together. And I think truthfully, those are the things that we long for. Those are the things that we miss when we're not together. When we think about trust, when we think about a target, when we think about training, what we realize is that the people that we pull around us have a a huge influence, right? Because your friends, those that are closest to you, are either going to dull you to your goals or they're going to sharpen you to them. Words from my friend Kenny Luck, who is one of the guys that sharpens me, one of the guys that challenges me. And, and he very wisely said, hey, if you want to be a godly man, you need to walk with godly men. Women, if you want to be a godly woman, you need to walk closely with other godly women, right? Because the people that we pull into our lives closest to give them that freedom to challenge us and ignite us in our faith, they're, they're going to sharpen us. Or we can choose to step away and live a dull existence. And that is not what God invites us to. So I want to ask you, what about you? Uh, When this pause is over, right? When, when, When the coaster of this craziness pulls back up to the station, where are you going to get off? Are you going to get off at that same place you were back in February, back in March? 
Or, or is God speaking to your heart in such a way that he's saying, I want to ignite your faith. I want you to, to step up to be the man that I've called you to be. I, I want you to grow to be the woman that I've called you to be. Who, who are you running with? Who are you, you locking arms with to, to run together? Because when, when this is over, you're going to have that choice. And, and we want to help you in that process. As I close, I think of the story of two guys. And I want you to hang on to this story, okay? Two guys that work for a gas company, okay? How many guys? Two guys. And, and they work for who? They work for, yep, the gas company, right? Two guys work for the gas company, and, and they're going down the alley, and they're checking meters on different homes. One of the employees, a little bit younger than the other guy, maybe a little bit better shape, he kept reminding the older guy about his age and about his shape and his condition. So once after finishing reading some of the meters at the end of the alley, the older man had, he'd really just kind of had enough of this young guy. And so he challenged him to a foot race back to the van at the other end of the alley. And so, hey, look, he challenged him. He said, look, man, you either put up or shut up. And so as they finished, they took off. And they took off running down the alley, and they are running. And they're about halfway down, and they heard someone chasing behind them. And, and it kind of startled them, and they stopped, and they turned around about halfway down the alley, and they looked back behind them, and they, they turned to see this woman in an apron with a dish rag just chasing them down the aisle, or, or down, the, down the alley. And so they stopped, and they asked, you know, what are you doing? And her reply is priceless because she said, look, whenever I see two gas meter guys running away from my house, I figure I might want to get out of my house. And she just saw these guys starting to run. And she thought, man, I'm, I'm in. I'm running. They're, they're going from something or to something, but I'm going with them. And so, look, here's the honest truth. As we grow in our relationship with Christ and we chase hard after Christ, people are drawn to us. They, they are drawn to our target. They are drawn to our life. They are drawn to our Savior, whose name is Jesus, who is pursuing them. And so I want to ask you, who are you running with? Who are you running with that, that's pushing you and challenging you? And when you look around you, who, who's running toward you and toward your goal? Do you see people longing to know the Jesus that you say that you love? Are you... Are you pursuing Christ in such a way that other people are drawn to you and to Jesus? So here's my challenge as we wrap up. I'm not sure where you are, but, but I do want you to know this. Every single one of us this morning, me included, we have a choice because we have a next step to take. Maybe you're watching this morning and you're not a Southbridger and maybe you've got a church. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just... Uh, caught a, a live watch party and you're, you're joining us online, thank you for being here. I just want to ask you, have you come to the place that you know for certain that you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ? He extends this divine invitation to come to know him, to be freed from the burden and the bondage of sin, to live in freedom, to know his love and his grace. And if you've never come to know him, I want to invite you to know him right now by simply confessing your sin and acknowledging that, that, man, yes, God truly loves you and he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you. And if you'd like to talk to somebody, you can call us right now at the number on your screen. You can text the word Jesus 
to 919-893-0304. If you want to know more of what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we'd love to talk to you right now and help you know what that means. Uh, maybe you're part of the body of Christ and, and you're saying, hey, Pastor Dave, man, I, I need to lock arms with somebody. I, I need to, to join forces with maybe a small group or others where I, I can have others around me that are going to ignite my faith and challenge me and encourage me. I need to learn what it's like to grow in fellowship and to run hard with somebody else. Uh, this week, we're going we're gonna to offer a couple of virtual opportunities to, to just sort of join uh, with others. And if you are not connected in a group, um, we want to help you find a place to do that. And so right now, just grab your phone if you would, and would you just type in the word SG, just two letters, SG. And would you text that to, again, the numbers on your screen, but just text it to 919-893-0304. Just text SG. And, and we're going to send you some information. Uh, a link we want to invite you maybe to jump into just a, a virtual hosting time short just a time to talk about what it means to be connected with other believers we'd love to launch some some short term maybe for the next four to six weeks you just need people to kind of walk the journey with until things start to open up you need people to, to check in with every week and pray with and be encouraged to, to trade information and, and have people text you and encourage you throughout the course of the week we're going to launch some short-term groups just to kind of help you do that. So we can give you the information. We're going to do a couple this week in the evenings, probably Monday and Thursday. And so just let us know. If those don't work for you, we'll find another time. Or we'll find an existing group, maybe where you know some people already, and we'll help you get connected. And our small group leaders and our small group coaches are going to help do that. Okay? Um, Maybe you're just out there and you know the Lord and you're just struggling. Maybe there's some things that are just going on in your life. We want to encourage you. And if there's a way that we can pray for you specifically, uh, as, you, as you are pursuing Jesus Christ, you're running hard down the alley, but there's stuff going on in your life and you just need someone to pray with you. Would you again, just grab your phone and would you just type the word pray to 919-893-0304. Listen, we are thankful that you are here. Thanks for tuning in with us this morning. Um, you can catch lots of information, other announcements, some of the things that we're doing. Our food drive is still taking place. Um, lots of uh, things and, and some of the uh, announcements as we're trying to, to create a re-entry path back onto our campus where we can be together. Uh, but again, we may be in homes and small groups before we're back on campus. But again, the church is still the church. We're still thriving. We're still moving forward. God is doing some exciting things. Come and join us. You can get all that information by simply going to sfchurch.com. You'll see it on the screen, sfchurch.com. You can go there. You can click the links, look around a little bit. If you have any questions at all, just email us at info at sfchurch.com or call the church office and we'd love to talk with you. Listen, thank you for being with us. It is such a joy to gather together, to know that, that you are there in your home, that we're still worshiping together. We are still the body of believers. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As we wrap up our time, I want to invite you to just look at the screen and just read out loud with us, right? Hundreds of people all around the world right now. Let's just read together our benediction. Let's go to um, Numbers chapter 6 and read this together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you 
and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today.